0: I didn't know exactly how to step up and serve, but I know I wanted to. And so we created a video series of sorts.
1: Welcome to the Phase Four podcast inspired by Vision Lakiani and Ajit Nawalka, co founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are and where they're going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands and your story is your superpower. I am so grateful to have Dana Wood as our first guest on this podcast today. She holds a really special place in my art. Dana doesn't know this like there was a time when nobody believed in me. I didn't even believe in myself and Dana did. And as we talk to coaches and other people on this podcast, Dana's a coach, but um, part of coaching is that you can hold your vision for your client until they can step into it. And so at a time when I didn't really believe in myself, Dana was able to hold that vision for me until I could step into it. And because of that, we're sitting here today doing this podcast. And so uh, it is, I didn't know how grateful I am for that and now I'm inspiring you. So Dana, tell us a little bit about Lilar and what's your story?
0: Sure. I mean, there's so many layers of who someone is. It typically starts with what I do, right? Um, I am a psychotherapist, an expressive arts therapist, as well as a coach. And I have a group uh mental health practice in st petersburg florida called integrative council where we love to bring um mental health to the forefront and make it accessible and um normalize mental health through a variety of creative means so i'm really proud to say that myself as well as all of our practitioners are not only really skilled therapists but also um creatives in their own right artists or yoga therapists healers um So it's a cool group of people that I am really fortunate to sort of hang out with on a daily basis, even if that hangout is virtual.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. And it's such important. Like you're when we think about light workers, you you just go right to the top of the list of light workers.
0: Thank you, JP. You're bringing tears to my eyes. I appreciate
1: that. And so how about my valley? How did you end up becoming a My Valley member student? I love the way you walk the talk too. So
0: Yeah, thanks. I do try to walk the talk. I really do. Um, I don't talk it unless I've been walking it. That's like a a part of who I am. So I think it was back in like 2016. uh, I got this feed on, I believe it was Facebook. um, And it was likely um, around the six phase meditation, actually. That was probably the first feed I got which was curious to me and I was interested and then AFEST, fest um, and I applied to AFEST, I think a few times and didn't get it. As so that being said, it made me like, hmm. <laughs> like who are these people and oh, why aren't they letting me, in? right? <laughs> so it was like this sort of push pull. Um, as with almost any self-help, I'm initially pretty cautious and leery. Um, That being said, when I started um, taking some of the courses, I was blown away by the quality. And I can absolutely, without a doubt, say the programs that I've taken through Ryan Valley have changed my life. And going uh, to L.A., where I got to meet you, or like days before the pandemic, like said it in the U.S., was also life-changing
1: yeah, for sure. I remember uh Lisa Nichols singing that at uh, that weekend, uh, When you leave here, you know, she's so inspiring this Steve she said when you leave here, you're gonna go out and infect the world. <laughs> so, yeah. And at the time there was lots of toilet paper on the shells so <laughs> we didn't really know what was going on. And then like left and two weeks later the whole world shut down. So um, uh, yeah, I'm so grateful that we got to be at that event. Um, speaking of that event, um, who, who, was your favorite author that we get? I don't know that you remember all of them. There's so many great live valley authors.
0: There absolutely are. Um, so what really like made me say, Dana, you got to make this happen was when I saw Jeffrey Allen was going to be there. I promised myself, um, if I ever see Jeffrey Allen. Uh, speaking, I will make sure to get there. And so when I saw that, I'm like, okay, here we are, a choice. And I'm like, let's get there. Um, and it just happened that I was flying to the West Coast um, to help out my dad, and I was able to make it over to L.A. Um, so it worked. Um, and Jeffrey Allen is just as powerful in person as in his courses. He's um truly a light worker walking this earth. Yeah. And helps I think anyone he comes in contact to raise the vibration. With grace and love and gentleness and wisdom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he is so special. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't have anything to do with the energy. I was like, oh Um in that ring there was probably what, 200 people maybe and he said, is anyone skeptical? And I was like, this is and I looked around, and there was only one other person. I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> but I'm not skeptical anymore. He is amazing, and some of the tools that he uses are just wow, like yeah. life-changing. Life and, and actually, now that you're saying that, going through, um, I just finished the certified life coach by Evercoach, and going through that talking to people, his name kept coming up. I was asking, who "Who's your favorite?" My valley Oscar. His name kept coming up over and over again.
0: I think because he's so approachable, his style and his energy, and he does a great job of, I think, (laughs) bringing some sort of groundedness, and um, he explains in a very sort of research, you know, he was an engineer by training some things that initially seemed quite esoteric. And so he does this great job of blending both. Uh, Yeah. So even the skeptics end up converting it
1: right right and so is there any other oplies that mind values that are right at the top of your list i know they're all amazing right
0: yeah so um Charlie morley um one of my favorites too um you can tell i'm a fan of the sort of shifting consciousness uh quest so the lucid dreaming also absolutely impacted me and i would say that is going to be a spiritual practice I engage in for the rest of my life. And I love that he couches it with, and um, his is Tibetan Buddhism, but he also takes other s- historical and current spiritual practices and frames lucid dreaming within that. So it's not just about like um, the smorgasbord of um, senses that you can engage in in lucid dreaming. It's also about how to really increase your sp- Spiritual um, understanding through your own states of sub and unconscious—it's it's so wild to me. Um, so, Charlie, as well as Eric edmeets i think I pronounced his last name correctly. That one trips me up sometimes. Um, his last name. Who I took um, Wild Fit changed my life and changed how I relate to food and changed my confidence in my own body as well as his um, business blueprint, I think is the um, and that was really powerful too as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so I guess I would ask next, what are you creating right now? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I do It always feels like I'm in the process of creating. However, my colleague and best friend and I were doing a live and at the end we looked at each other and we were actually saying, oh, my gosh, if we would have looked back three, five years ago and came to and really focused in on this moment, we would have recognized like we are doing the things we dreamed about. And so when you're constantly creating, it's hard to acknowledge everything that has been created. Um, so I think it's good to pause there because I'm like, damn, these programs have helped me manifest the life. Five years ago, I had only dreamt about now. I'm on that in life. I'm dreaming about five years in the future, right? Um, And that really includes having a financially viable group, private pra- mental health practice that is doing great work in our community that approaches mental health, not just through symptomology, uh, but in creative ways that can be a little funky, a little fun, a little quirky, um like the practitioners and like the clients we serve and like the community we serve too. So is absolutely that. And um that it really is a hero's journey, right? Um that there's so much meaning and growth gained from shadow work, from the depths of um mental health right and coming back to the other side and life beyond like how we can give it back to others um, it's powerful stuff um, so having a practice that does good work in the world while also allowing me the time and space to come back to um, my creative process which I have always attempted to hold on to and yet many times forfeit because I feel uber responsible for so many. Um, and um, that is a mental shift. I'm really working to um, begin to change that I too am worthy and deserving without having to ha- have extremely broad shoulders that I can engage in my own creative process. And that in and of itself is um, enough. Um, yeah. So
1: it also is good gonna- to. When you do that, it allows you to serve other people on a bigger level. And so it's like, uh, that responsibility is like, it's something to be proud of. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody has that in their life where they know what they want and they're affecting so much change. And You do it every day. And so that's such a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, that's the piece that I'm, working to flip is I've been sort of looking at it in a binary sort of on-off fashion when the business is x y or z I'm able to really engage in my creative practice right on or off and it's I'm like oh, there's some truth to that but also how can I dive into my creative practice also knowing the business um, we can sort of merge those two Right, the business will continue to flourish without me. always
1: being like. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes it actually better, right? For you and the business that you can separate a little. Um yeah. you mentioned about your best friend and you're working with her. And I'm reminded of when COVID first started, you had a vision right away and you jumped on her very quickly. And you created something called conscious and connected. And can you speak to that for a bit?
0: Thanks for remembering, JT. Yeah, and you were one of our first guests. That was awesome. Um, I didn't know exactly how to step up and serve, but I know I wanted to. And so we created a um, podcast, but it was a video series of sorts where we just spoke with a variety of regular people um, and who um, also wanted to step up and serve and sharing ways that we can remain conscious as well as connected during what felt like an incredibly scary isolating time not knowing what that future was going to look like and so we just talked about ways we were doing that in our own lives um as a way to spread that message rather than-
1: that's so beautiful and it at the time it was such an important thing because Nobody knew what was happening, right? It it was just like all of a sudden, all these rights are taken away, and stay home, and you can't. People started stop shaking hands and like all sorts of stuff. And the fact that you just had this vision right away and acted on it too, right, to come together and just bring people together and start healing immediately while we're still going through it. It just it's so beautiful. So thank you for that. Can I ask what do you got in the background there? You see some beautiful. <laughs> hey,
0: these are some of my um, photographs. So I um, take film photography, analog. Here is one of the like cameras I like to play with. this like it's a Diana, um, sort of like a toy. It's a plastic camera, but it really allows me to slow down, and um, I cherish the quiet and the subdued lighting in the dark room um so that's that's part of my creative process now and a lot of my images i don't know if you can fully see them but have to do with light and shadow um which and a me- metaphorically that is what i do on a daily basis just even in my therapeutic
1: work. they are amazing. And so that, it's kind of like, um, that's almost like a part of self care right there, right? But now, so what other things do you do to take care of yourself so that you, I see you serving so beautifully, but you can't do that unless you build up your own cup. So what kind of things do you do?
0: Yeah, great question, JP. And I have to say that Mind Ballet really helped. And it was like a variety of the quests, not just one in particular, but helped me hone in on what is my almost religious self-care practice. And I don't mean to say that with rigidity, but it becomes how I infuse myself with energy and with higher energy versus just worry your anxiety, because that's where I can tend to pretty easily. Um, and so it includes a so I think it was Vision who talks about the twenty 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 rules. So um I it starts with a morning walk in nature. Um mostly that's in the dark but now you know as we're approaching the solstice i get to light um it is um meditation i practice kriya meditation um and it is a form of dream work as well like writing down my dreams from the night um as well as learning so the the 20 is um, i breathe movement meditation and learning right um and then um so listening to a podcast for instance um or quest um right now i'm listening to viola davis's memoir which is really incredible um yeah so um and i swim uh twice a week and i do kung fu and qigong so that feels like a pretty robust self-care
1: yeah, for and sure.
0: And weekly things. Yeah. And about to go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Far less often, but super necessary, too. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so necessary. It's such a good way to fill up your cup. Um, I think it's Stephen Carver at a quest, and he talks about like how easy burnout will come. And it's a different number for everybody. His was around nine weeks, I think. I do it like 12 weeks, right? You go hard every quarter has 13 weeks. So the first 12 will go harder than week 13. We're going somewhere. Even if that's going to a hotel in a different city or even just for a day trip with a picnic somewhere else, just to change your environment. Yeah. It's so, so important. And when you speak about, I, um, I know what you're saying religiously, it's that introspection with doing some work that are like non negotiable. That yeah. I got to do this so that I can serve other people. And so I think that's really, really beautiful.
0: Yeah. Uh, the habit of ferocity was another great question. Yeah. There's so many great quests, but uh, that also mm-hmm. helped hone my practice. Yeah.
1: Right. And so since this is called the phase four podcast, I know you know the six phase meditation and phase four is all about creating your future. Three years, out, we kind of touched on it earlier how looking back three years ago, you were already, you've done it. So now we got to create again. What What does it look like?
0: Yeah, I think it will likely, um, include much more time that is protected for creative pursuits, um, around the same thing. Which is alchemical in nature, um, but a bridge is essentially b- bridging above and below. Um, and again, having a practice that is pretty self-supporting, um, meaning many of the systems are in place where it can function. I will likely still be steering some of sort of um, the new initiatives and the direction, et cetera. But as clinicians doing good work, uh, doing work they love and um, the community um, benefiting from that. There's, as I mentioned, more travel, um, and there's more time with family and friends. I am a really hard worker, and I neglect other things because of that. Um, So carving out my self-care practice took years and that feels pretty set now. Now it's like, okay, how do I expand beyond just giving that to myself so I can really um, not just show up for clients and colleagues, but really show up for my life, if
1: that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) And and, then circles right back perfectly to like what we focus on expands and it's good or bad, positive or negative, whatever area you want. So when you do those kind of things and do the work, and you fire and wire connections to keep your focus on that. It's just, you're going to expand in your life. And that's kind of what I wanted to do here with this podcasting, just expand on, I know there's so many amazing people that do in the Maya Valley community and the app stories that maybe your story can inspire someone else to do something that they didn't think they could do. So I'm very, very grateful to have you here.
0: Thank you, it was such an honor to be invited. And to be the first, I'm super appreciative of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you if this wouldn't even happen if you didn't believe in me when there was a point when I wasn't really fully believing in myself. And like, because you're a coach, you knew how to hold that reason for me until I could step into it. So I'm so grateful for you. And I thank you very much for your time today.
0: Oh my God, what a pleasure. Um and to be witness and um, you absolutely, we became accountability partners with one another during that amazing exercise. I think it was around forgiveness. Was that Lisa who was leading that? Or no. Yeah, and um, you've helped me grow tremendously, too. And we can talk off of all the ways that you have, um, but really around that message of of healing that was delivered in the in that powerful talk by Lisa and having you be witness to that and for each other has been really incredible. Yeah. That's yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> My final question would be, what did we not talk about or what did I not ask you that I should have?
0: I think you covered most of the bases here. Um, I have to say there is something, um, that feels important to mention that I was in a really difficult place in my relationship. Um, and this is what I wanted to say. And so it's coming up organically and naturally that having you as a friend that was also a male that could also witness that amazing forgiveness practice, um, and for you to also see me and support me um, through these last few years, and where I've been able to go through the journey that is now also a quest on Mine Valley, but I did it independently in Mine Valley before it became a quest of calling in the one um, and getting to a place where um, we are now married. We had to work through a lot of stuff, like so much, like public karma, right? We had to work through a lot of stuff, but we are really like strong now um and that feels huge i i did not foresee that in my future and it feels like it was an absolute gift given um and so i think you were a key part of that of being able to hold the masculine in a way that was um, safe and um strong at the same time so I hope that didn't get too <laughs>
1: uh, I think definitely the yin yang like we see a little bit of each other and each other the stories and it trickles over both sides masculine feminine like dog and um now that you said that about the Kathleen is there been Kathleen Whitworth? Kathleen Whitworth. Mm-hmm. So um the quest I knew that story before and somebody was uh, struggling in a group I was in one day a group coaching and um, I mentioned that, and that person two weeks later, like they said, it changed their life. And I told them the fact how it changed your life to a point where you ended up getting married over it. And and this person was going through some rough times, and then a couple of weeks later, they told me like they started taking that quest, and it started to change, shift the way they look at things. So, and even you didn't even know that, right? But your story ripples out, and so it's such a beautiful thing. And again, when we focus on expand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so again, the quality of the quests are undeniable and they will change your life if you, uh, if you work them. <laughs>
1: right. Dana, I want to thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate it. And I definitely know that he'll be back on here again.
0: My pleasure. It was, um, such an honor, JP. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. What a great
0: it's <laughs> <laughs>